Welcome to On the Up and Up. I'm your host, Kira LaForgia, and every week I'm bringing you behind the scenes of running a successful business. Join me while we laugh, learn, and connect on mostly HR inappropriate topics with successful founders, diverse leaders, and kick-ass employees. It's true, your HR lady may have fired your bestie or made you sign a love contract, but we also have all the hot gossip that will make you better at your job. Whether you're on your way up the corporate ladder, are a fellow HR villain, or are building a culture as a rising entrepreneur. I want to kick this off by just saying that there are so many types of tough conversations that we have to have every single day as an entrepreneur. And that friction and the ability to approach that friction in a way that produces something great is what makes great managers. So if you're not 100% sure what the outcome is of a tough conversation, then you're probably not going to get the outcome that you want or that's favorable for either party. So go back and listen to our Difficult Conversations episode. Um, I'll make sure and link it in the show notes. But I think that given that this is the most popular topic, not only in the day-to-day management of my own team, the the brainstorming, the collaboration that I do when managing other employees, when helping my managers and directors learn to manage team members, when our clients are hiring team members for the first time and they have to have some boundary setting conversations, when we have team members for a long time and we kind of have to go, oh, let's take a step back and reestablish what were what are the expectations here? This is so common, and not all of it ends in discipline. A lot of times, the best conversations that we can have, they're not going to end in discipline. They're just going to end in a solid understanding and a stronger, a stronger way to move forward. So, while you may be listening to this, looking for information on how to have tough conversations, because you know that you have to write somebody up, or you have to document something, or in some cases you already know that you have to let somebody go, but you're not 100% sure how to do that, those are all really important things. But there are a lot of other tough conversations that we have through our work environment every single day, and sometimes we as managers can forget that we are accountable to the results that our team is putting out there into the world, which means that we sometimes have to have tough conversations when things are going just fine because that's how we get to great. And we shy away from it because the friction of having a tough conversation when it's not necessary is scary and annoying. Um, In our management course, you'll learn why it's even more important. But also, we are here to talk about how these tough conversations can contribute to creating a mentally healthy work environment. And spoiler alert, the way to do that is to actually have the conversations, (laughs) have them often, have them early, have them, have them in a way that is open, be clear, be transparent, uh, be candid, but don't be hurtful and don't ride on emotion and don't leave your ability to have empathy and compassion at the door. Because even if you are 100% justified in the conversation that you're about to have with an employee, with a coworker, with a man- even a manager, sometimes you have to have conversations up. If you're in a manager that has to talk to your director about something that made you uncomfortable or you know that something's not working in a process or whatever the case may be, All of these opportunities are a way for you to drive forward a mentally healthy environment for work. And in the past, having friction at work meant that it wasn't a good place to be. But that's not the case now. Friction, if we pay attention to it and go where it's taking us as managers, paying attention to 
some of those kind of annoying little nagging feelings, then that is going, those are going to be the things that we can blow wide open and actually have so much impact throughout our team based on our ability and our confidence in addressing those topics. So I want to start out by just throwing out some stats because mentally healthy work environments are not that easy to find. As a matter of fact, we have some amazing clients. We have had amazing clients. I've even consulted um, outside of Paradigm previously where the the CEO is always going to say or the leader of the company is always going to say, oh my gosh, we have a great culture. Everybody gets along. But sometimes we get scheduled calls with companies that their employees are scheduling those calls because they we have been raised in a society that means that if the people of power don't feel friction from us, then we're doing a good job. And what that does is it creates a situation where instead of leaning into their responsibilities and accountability, our employees are going to leave. And that is way, way too costly for small businesses to maintain over time. So moving into Mental Health Awareness Month and given that myself and many others have had experiences where our mental health has been severely impacted by our work environments. I can only say that, yeah, some of these friction-filled conversations can be kind of crappy if they, when they happen, they cause a little, they cause anxiety, they cause stress. But if you are managing your team right, then having difficult conversations can be part of the job and it doesn't cause that much stress. It doesn't cause that much anxiety, but you get the same amount of impact from having those conversations. So oftentimes when we have them, we do see an increase in accountability. We see an increase in Sometimes we even see an increase in um, sales. We see an increase in customer service satisfaction. We see an increase in team engagement. Um, We don't want our company to constantly be relying on negative feedback in order to perform in their best. So what we want to do is make sure that we're creating an open and honest environment where feedback is given openly and accepted freely and that there's a lot of clarity about the accountability for each individual person's job. That way they can our employees, our team members can lean in to what they know that they're accountable for. So then when it comes down to it, there is an expectation and an understanding if there is going to be a tough conversation about their performance. So this is really easy to measure when it comes to salespeople, but it does take a little bit of extra effort when it comes to creatives. And I think that in building our our management course, which I taught three times live last year, most of the questions that came up were how can we put a metric towards something that's going to help us understand if this is a conversation that should be had or not. And I can't tell you all of those answers unless I know a little bit more about your business. But what I want to make sure that I'm pointing out is that there are there's a pretty simple framework to understanding whether or not a conversation needs to be had. And so you'll just have to check the show notes to make sure that you can grab that resource. Um, but for now, I just want to really dive into some of the statistics from Indeed. So we're going to source that article here that talk about some of the some of the things that adults are reporting in regards to their mental health at work. 20% of adults, so one in five adults experience symptoms of mental health, mental illness every year in the US. So if you're already, if you're in a room or a house or a co-working space with five or 10 people, then at least one other person, if not you and someone else may be experiencing those issues on a regular basis. That could be anxiety, panic attacks, depression, um, 
all different kinds of of ways that mental health can manifest in your in your body and in your mind. 71% of adults in the US reported having at least one symptom of stress. That is stress is the thing that kills us the fastest. Um, there is a lot of information out there that talks about how stress can be so detrimental to our overall health and well-being. And so creating a mentally healthy work environment can actually contribute to the longevity of not only your employees' retention in your company, but their actual life. And I think that we should take accountability for that. (laughs) 61% of respondents reported that their mental health affected their their productivity, which means that 61% of the people that were surveyed for this article are saying that if their mental health is in a good place, then they're going to be more productive. Now, we don't measure all of our success on productivity because there's so much more to people than just what they can put out. But the more productive people are, the more engaged they are, the more excited they are about their work, the more effort that they're going to put in, and the more fulfilled they're going to be from their job, which just creates a real cycle of making sure that the, the workplace isn't causing any derogatory effects from the what we could be doing to our employees in regards to their mental health. Between 2014 and 2018, the proportion of workers with symptoms of depression increased by 18%. So that's only until 2018. So I think that it's really interesting as the conversation about mental health becomes more widespread and there is more awareness about it, there's more resources. And so it creates a lot of accountability for us as bosses to make sure that we're showing up for our people because that's a five-year-old statistic. There's probably even more since then. 37% of workers said their work environment contributed to the mental health symptoms they experienced. Oftentimes, if you ask your friend or family member, how are you doing? What's going on? If they say they're stressed out, I would honestly say maybe even more than one in three of those times that you're asking about it. It's going to be attributed to their work environment, to something that's going on at their job. And with such a low percentage, less than 10% of people are entrepreneurs, which means that the 90% of people that are employees are dependent on somebody else giving a crap and listening to a podcast like this to create a space for them to be mentally healthy at work, which means that they're completely at the mercy of our decisions as leaders. Mental health disorders and substance abuse issues cost U.S. employers between $79 and $105 billion a year of indirect costs, which means that that's productivity, that's losing employees to these issues. And not only are we just responding to them, but we have to be accountable to the role that we're playing in them. And so today we're going to talk about how to create a mentally healthy work environment and how to have those tough conversations that contributes to having a mental, mentally healthy work environment so you're not sacrificing those tough conversations that can be extremely important in the productivity and the ability of your company to succeed. So the first thing is that I just want to point out that tough conversations are an art. So over time, you learn who your people are, you understand how they work, how they perform best, and how they can show up for themselves. Um, If you're watching the video version of this, there's this little fish toy behind me that my dog left there. So it's not just like a random like, you know, like emotional health fish, but (laughs) that'd be nice though. Um, So just keep in mind that when we're having these difficult conversations with our employees, it doesn't necessarily have to be this big like trauma thing. Like it can be something that's really straightforward and really direct and learning who our people are and understanding them and translating that into management experience, tactics, and leadership is the literal key to getting somebody from a low productivity 
low ROI position to being a really high performer and a really impactful member of your team that makes it so fun to show up for work every single day. So in order to have these conversations, we have to be clear that there is a balance of empathy and accountability. So we're not going to talk too much about the accountability side of it today, because if you're building out your team's job descriptions, your, your company's handbook and policies, then the accountability is already going to be assigned and it's going to be there, um, especially when it comes to things that are values-driven and values-based. So if you don't already have company policies and you don't have clarity on the job descriptions for your team members, then that is the first thing that you need to do. If you're in a position where you've jumped into having a team without those things, then keep listening, but know that there will be some things that are not going to be as relevant um, because you're going to have to assign accountability as part of the conversation, which means taking on a lot more ownership and accountability for not providing that clarity. So the first thing that you want to do during these tough conversations to make sure that it's contributing to a mentally healthy environment, establish an objective for the conversation. If you don't know where you're going, you don't know how you're going to get there. So make sure that you have established those objectives for that conversation. The simpler, the better, and the more impactful that it will be. So if you're having an, perform an underperforming sales employee, then your objectives for the conversation are likely going to speak to one of three different things, something that's good for them, something that's good for the business, and something that's good to solve the issue that is having the conversation in the first place. So you want to make it mutually beneficial and meaning for the business as a whole, and also be able to pull out some ways that you can follow up, some metrics that you can follow up on. So we always want to make sure that we have examples outlined for how we got into this discussion in the first place. So if there is a, you know, in sales, it's really easy. So I'm taking a little bit of a cop out here talking about sales. But if they're not hitting their numbers, they're not meeting the number of minimum calls that they're supposed to be making, if they're not making the number of sales that they're supposed to be making, you can actually boil those down to miniature metrics along the way that can be something that's super measurable. But having those examples in place will actually help you to figure out what those metrics should be. And you might have learned this in therapy or couples therapy, but if you <laughs> if you can, avoid words that are super general, like always or never, because your employee is likely spending somewhere in the, if they're part-time or full-time, they're spending a big chunk of their day working for you. So to feel like they're being boiled down to something that is so general will make you look like you don't have a full picture of what's going on and it will affect your accountability. So don't use generalizations, never and always. Try to just use examples. Um, eliminate those emotions. So as much as you might feel really scammed, especially if you're on a small team, it can be kind of hard to like have a conversation with somebody when you feel like they've been using you or taking advantage of you or taking advantage of your trust or even lying to you. So try to leave all those at the door, but be compassionate when you're approaching the topic. So if you're walking in there and you have a clear objective and you have examples outlined, it's not about being right. It's about getting your point across so that you can get to those objectives in the first place. So if you have examples and they're like, oh, well, I have an explanation for this. Or I have an explanation for that. 
then don't be afraid to just let them have their peace and let them speak. Um, maybe there are explanations in there, in which case there's some accountability that needs to be reassigned or readjusted. But if you can, you still want to be compassionate. So if somebody's walking in and feeling like, oh, well, that's not how it happened at all, or that's not what happened, or you know, something along those lines, or that's not exactly what's happening. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. I'm meeting all the metrics that are laid out. Then there's an inefficiency there, which means that you can meet them with your compassion and be like, okay, great. Well, we have this objective. So how can we get there together? And there can be a little bit more collaboration. Not every difficult conversation has to be you talking at somebody. Um, it's actually really great to have team members that are super engaged in their job and they want to do a good job. And if they're saying, no, I'm actually doing all these things that you want me to do, and you're giving them a voice to say that, then you're going to be able to give them a space to speak and you're actually going to be able to solve the problem. So it doesn't really matter what's really going on as long as you're getting things out there and they're direct, they're straightforward, and the objective is there. Um, you might even just be like, well, okay, well, I didn't really visualize it that way. Or I didn't see it that way. Um, the fact of the matter is, let's bring it back to our objective. Here's what we actually need from you. So how can we get there? Um, try not to dwell too much on the feelings that come up, especially because when they're, if you haven't had the space to assign that accountability, which happens, you know, it happens sometimes, especially in fast growing companies, then there will be a little bit of accountability that you have to take in order to make sure that there's clarity across the board. But make sure you're laying out the facts because just because you didn't do everything right in the beginning, just because you didn't lay out the accountability piece in the beginning, doesn't mean that you shouldn't be getting what you need from your employee, even if it is starting today. Um, and establish those clear action items. So being able to make sure that you are creating a path for success is going to be key in ensuring that you are actually taking the time to do something productive and you're not just having this awkward conversation with somebody for no reason. So if there are behavior changes that are required in order to get this to the objective. It's rarely going to be a result in a conversation. It's usually going to be you outwardly investing time in that person. If you aren't their manager, their manager should be involved in this conversation as well. If they don't have a direct manager, then you're their manager. So even if you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, gosh, the manager should have figured all this stuff out along the way. Sometimes that does kind of happen as you're having these tough conversations. And you have to take accountability that you put that manager in place for a reason. And so you have to figure out exactly how you're going to be able to get to the objective without necessarily involving anybody else's behaviors. So make sure that your team member knows that they're valuable. Make sure that they understand that this is an investment in time. Um, if if you are stepping back and creating a collaborative space and the difficult conversation isn't one that is necessarily resulting in a type of disciplinary action, then if you're able to fo follow those four standards, then by the end of the conversation, you should have a really solid and team-driven plan that's going to move things forward. Now, if a team member is not accountable, if they are not uh, if they were unclear, if they feel that they're being treated unfairly, then make sure that they have everything they need to ensure that the progress that they'll be making from now on will be relevant and specific. So if you are a business owner that maybe didn't set up all of those KPIs in advance, but you're noticing, wow, they're really falling behind because, I mean, maybe I didn't tell them that they had to do 10 social media posts in a month that, you know, had X amount of reach or, you know, whatever. I don't know how you measure all that stuff, but somebody else can, somebody else is way smarter at that. Um, then, 
you have to be able to say, well, now you know. So here's our objectives moving forward. And it does, it shouldn't feel like they're, you know, starting at the end. They should feel like they're walking out with a clean slate and ready to meet those objectives. The trick for you as a manager is to make sure that those objectives align with what your business needs. So this is not an opportunity for you to get walked all over, criticized, or you know, kind of made to feel small or put in a corner or anything like that. As a leader, you're going to step in as an authority of your business regardless. So even if there were mistakes made along the way, it kind of doesn't matter whether they were your mistakes or your team members' mistakes. Because right now, it's a clean slate and I need to get these results moving forward. Um, There has been a lot of times where sometimes these conversations can go a little off the rails. So try not to ad-lib too much, especially when we do exit interviews we find that there was like everything was fine until we had this weird conversation and then I they said this weird thing that made me feel like I was going to get fired or you know whatever the case may be so make sure that you're really really clear with your team member about what is to happen next so if these things are costing your company a lot of money and you're sitting down with them and they're really open and they're really understanding about the changes that need to be made then don't don't say to them, you're not going to be fired. Like, don't bring it up. (laughs) But definitely let them know, like, we're going to meet back here in two weeks or four weeks, depending on how urgent the situation is. And let's dig in a little bit further. So that creates a real partnership in solving these problems. If you don't have the bandwidth to do that, um, then you either need to make the bandwidth or you need to make sure that someone else is there in the room to collaborate on this progress and make sure that someone else can manage the the way that this is all going to shake out for that employee. Difficult conversations suck, but when we leave they sh- when we leave those rooms, when we leave those Zoom rooms after having a conversation like this, there should be a really clear and solid understanding moving forward. Clarity is kindness. So keep in mind that if we're creating a mentally healthy work environment, then it's not going to be creating a space where you can have the rug pulled out from under you. It's going to be a place where you know what is to be expected. So having these types of conversations often and not just because it's time to write somebody up is going to be key in creating that mentally healthy work environment. So in our management course, we talk a lot more about how to identify those triggers that are going to bring up some of the opportunities to have these types of conversations. So I'd love to hear about your experiences. So make sure you reach out to me on Instagram and check the show notes for our brand new resource that's going to help you have the most perfect tough conversations, take the friction out of those hard topics and really infuse a more balanced and empathy-driven work environment for your team so that we can kick off this Mental Health Awareness Month with the knowledge that we need to ensure that we're creating a space where people love to and deserve to have a good place to work. Thanks for listening. If you're listening to this, you've stuck with me for this entire episode. And for that, I say thank you. I hope you found as much value in this week's topic as I do. If so, be sure to follow, rate, and review on the Up and Up podcast. You'll be helping others find the fun in HR too. Follow us on social media and join us next Wednesday for your weekly dose of On the Up and Up.